Ladies and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have arrived. We made it. We watch football this week, you guys. We watch football this week. It feels like it has been ages since we came back for season two. And now we are ready to launch straight into football season. You know, that means we are dropping episodes Tuesdays and Fridays. Two episodes a week for you guys starting this week because football is back and I am so hyped. Wes, how you doing? Football! <laughs> I'm so happy. I've it's never perfect. been more excited to watch the Lions in my whole life. Same. They're going to kick off. It's going to be a great game. Um, I'm pumped. I've had a couple of drafts already. Gone pretty pretty well, all thanks to 4th yeah. Control Fantasy and the great advice we have here on the show. Um, we've got our Trollers League later today as this episode drops. I'm very, very excited for yes. that. I've done a ton of mock drafts. Um, for fun, I didn't tell you, but I, I want to I just have a little fun. I want to hear from you, Noah. Um, the, right now, before the season starts, the team you think is going to win the Super Bowl the team you think is going to have the worst record, and a coach that gets fired. Oh, okay. Team to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to say, man, I'm going to say, you know what? I could be a biased Dolphins fan and say the Miami Dolphins. And <laughs> listen, I've seen people predict wow. it. Listen, shout out, hey, real quick, just to give some respect. Shout out Mike Clay from ESPN. His Super Bowl prediction is the Eagles defeating the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl. But he's got he's got Miami in the big game, which is pretty it's cool possible. to see. It is, it is possible, possible for sure. This roster is set up. The window's open. But I got a soft spot for uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. And uh, I think the Bengals uh, are coming back for. I think the Bengals are coming back to win one. I think the Bengals pick. are coming back to win one. I think it's going to be them. Uh, a coach that gets fired. <sighs> Listen, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith could get fired. I think it's wow. early enough in these younger players, but still him showing that. You know, I think he's been there three, four years now. The window is so small for these guys to keep their jobs. It's ridiculous. Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick have done quite an accomplishment there by keeping their jobs so long. But I think their their key players are young enough to the point where they might be able to bring a new head coach in and and still be able to just this this rebuild gets a little tick in its uh, personnel and staff and stuff like that. So maybe that. And what was it? What was the last one? Super Worst Bowl team. Uh, Worst team. Coach. Worst team. I mean, I think it's got to be the Arizona Cardinals. I think they. Yeah, it's hard to a, not say that. I think they have a they have a ceiling of like four wins this year. So I think that's <laughs> it's, I, that's it's it's probably got to be Arizona. I mean, I think they're I think they're purposely tanking at this point. Um, I don't know, Wes. I don't know if you are you familiar with Impractical Jokers, the show. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. So, do you know the character Murr on that show? Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. The bald guy. Yeah, so I've seen – so I don't know if you saw the, the, the Cardinals put out this video of Jonathan oh, Gannon putting like horrible a – horrible speech. Put, put, doing like a speech or whatever, and all the comments on this speech were like, 
<laughs> we're like, all right, Murray, now go hype up the Cardinals. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was just it was hysterical. Like, uh, it was like and for today's punishment, Murr is gonna be an NFL head coach. It was just, it was just, I <laughs> love so, that stuff. It's hysterical. Just the consensus oh. that this is just a joke to wow. everybody at this point. And I think the Cardinals I, just suck. I don't know. What what do you I think, was, Wes? You, I was trying to think of a team that I was going to do worse than the Cardinals. It's really hard to think they won't just be bottom of the barrel. Shout out to the Cardinals fans that watch 4th and Troll Fantasy. We hope you have a smooth and quick season and not have to endure too much of this. Um, t- team, I think, win the Super Bowl is going to be the Eagles. I think they are so freaking great. I like yeah. the Eagles-Dolphins Super Bowl matchup. I actually think it's going to be a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl matchup, um, which is what I said last year. So maybe I'm just trying to will yeah. this into existence. Um, I was, and, dude, yeah, I was a I was a championship off either way. I I, I said Bengals Niners last year, and I thought I, I yeah. thought I was right there with it. And so, man, these teams are this. I mean, let's be real. The NFC is kind of a cakewalk. Well, it's, so I don't know. Well, was, yeah. Last one. Yeah, uh, won't dive too much into it because, you know, we're getting into fantasy stuff here. But I actually am going – I've really been thinking about it, and I, I think Mike Frable gets fired. Oh, man. I think you Mike Frable, with what happened down? at the end of last season, the last half, they completely botched the AFC South and mm-hmm. – it does not look good in Tennessee right now. Training camp looks yeah. bad. And yeah. and there is no – I mean, if they do bad with DeAndre Hopkins now, they might just say, screw it. Tannehill's gone. Vrabel's gone. We're going to turn to one of these rookie quarterbacks and see what happens. Yeah. And let's trade Derrick Henry while there's still some value. They might just leave DeAndre just Hopkins house. out to dry. And he's like, what? Yeah. You know, the John Travolta gift from – Fiction just yeah, yeah, just, he's just looking around. <laughs> yeah, anyway, huh? Those are my picks. Love let's it. get into our Listen, show. I'm so excited. I know, let's do it. We've got an awesome show for you guys today. We are previewing season kickoff Thursday night football, and then we are going to be doing some what ifs in uh for this year's NFL season, and that's gonna be I'll, I'll leave it as vague as that right now because it's it'll be it'll be fun to jump into in just a little bit. It's going to be a super fun time. Before we jump into the episode, follow us on all our social media below. Like, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. Let us know. Give us some predictions. Give us a bold prediction for season kickoff Thursday Night Football. I want to see them in the comments here. It'll be a, something that we'll – hey, if, you're, if your bold prediction comes true, we'll shout it out on the next episode. Bold predictions. Drop them in the comments right there. Before we jump into the news, a quick word from our show sponsor. The show is sponsored by FQ Media Group. FQ is a media production company specializing in podcast production that empowers others to share their voice with their audience. For more information, check out fqmediagroup.com. And now, Wes, hit us with the news. There's things to talk about Leading into week one. There's so much to talk about. Let's start out here, Noah, with just a quick discussion about the two biggest names in football with the biggest news going on right now. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Some people have a couple drafts left before Thursday night. So let's start with Jonathan Taylor. So 
We know that he was not traded to any team. He's going to stay in Indianapolis for now. Some people are speculating that this was a soft deadline for the trade and people are going to try to come later on. He may go to another team later, but don't forget that Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list. So no matter what happens, he's missing the first four games regardless. There's still a chance he holds out. You had him, Noah, out of your top 20 because you were such a firm believer in this statistic about uh, quarterbacks that rush for 500 yards don't produce strong running backs. Now, JT could have been the outlier the way that Saquon Barkley was with Daniel Jones last year. But this is so tricky. And, oh, and for the record, if anyone is curious at all about the running back situation without JT, Deion Jackson's going to be the week one starter. And when Zach Moss is back in week two or three, it's going to be committee between the two per their head coach. And after that, whenever JT is back, if he's back, that's going to be the situation. I want to point out and then leave this to you. So I am in a Yahoo league with uh, some friends of mine. Jonathan Taylor's ADP has dropped to the seventh round. People are actually taking this so seriously. So at what point do we say that's a steal? Because if he's the way that we think he was going to be this season, draft him. Or is this just avoid him altogether? It's really tough. So I'll also say in my work league uh, on Sleeper, I mean, his ADP did not drop, but he was not drafted until the, I think it was the sixth or seventh round. Because somebody, and the guy that took him just went, are, are, are we risking it? Like, what, like, what do we do here? Like, I mean, he, he had already got two running backs for his roster, and he was like, I, I mean, I guess we just take it. And if he comes back, he comes back. I'm, I mean, I was already out. I mean, there's just – I. he could fall to the 12th round for me, and I would go, ah, I think I want to take Bigsby instead. I, mean, I think I'd rather have take Bigsby <laughs> wow. on this team. Like, it's just like, – it's just – it's – I don't want to waste – I don't like wasting draft picks. And so, for me personally, I'm not going to be the one that takes the shot. I'm not going to go – you know, I, yeah, sure. He's in the sixth round now. Do I do I take him here? And 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 I'm I may be a little biased because for me personally, I still already did not believe. So either way, I was out on Jonathan Taylor. At this point, I still think he's a waste of a draft pick, and I think there are better people that you can grab. Even in a Yahoo league in the seventh round, there are players like <clears throat> uh, who's going Zay Flowers or. Uh, Samaj yeah. P. Ryan is probably going around there. You could reach on you could reach on Raheem Mostert in the seventh round uh, and and grab him instead of somebody like that. You know, it's just it. I'm worried he's going a very to hold frustrating out. Situation uh, that that's where I that's stand. my thought too. Because there, there there's a business side of this that is the Colts left him on the pup list. The Colts left him there. He is. Uh, he, 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 I, be, I believe the business side of it is he can miss obviously these four games. And then I believe even if he, I believe he is due his salary, even if he holds out at this point, because he is starting the season on the PUP. So I don't even think, yeah, I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he will play. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they end up trading him before week eight. Maybe he's a trade deadline move and uh and he goes somewhere in the second half of the year maybe he 
you know, does, you know, great numbers or whatever. Is it worth it at that point? I don't know. Is it, I, I just don't think it is at that point. So Jonathan Taylor, I'm, I'm still probably not drafting him even in the seventh round. The most I may even consider is let's say I've done all my mock drafts and I've got like three players like in the seventh round or whatever that he ends up landing in your site, whatever league you draft in. And all the players that I want are gone and JT's there. What I what I would consider, if this is something like a sixth, seventh round pick, I may take him and then trade him by week sure. three and just let someone yeah. else try to give me higher pieces, try to sell the value of JT like, oh, this is an MVP candidate just two years ago, and, right. and now he's got Anthony Richardson to help take the load off. You know, try to pitch it so that I can make a sell, and then boom, I'm get some right. value in return. But I think he holds out. I don't think he's going to play this entire season, and yeah. it's. I do think it's too scary. Let's jump over to the next superstar who is also a first-round talent, someone else that is also dropping into the second, third, even fourth round. Cooper Cup is dealing with a serious hamstring injury. This is the second time this offseason that his hamstring injury has sidelined him. This one is so bad that he actually took a flight to Minnesota to see a specialist so that a doctor could figure out what the root of the cause was. And he is, per Sean McVay, day to day. Now, obviously, he's doubtful for week one. This is such an extreme risk, injury-wise. And I'm going to share with you, and then I want to hear how you feel, because he was my wide receiver five going in, but he was your number one pick, really. He was your wide receiver one given the Cup-Stafford marriage we're used to. I have a friend, I live in Los Angeles. I have a friend who knows a, a sports analyst that uh, is connected with the Rams. And he was saying that this type of injury is prone to flaring up often and there really is no remedy. So this also feels like I'm not going to risk it. Now this risk for me he's going to be the wide receiver one every week that he plays, but how many weeks is he going to play? Where do you stand? Because you were far more high on him than I think anybody else in fantasy was. Yeah, no, I mean, he will be the top scoring wide receiver in fantasy football when he is on the football field. I don't know when that is, and I don't think that will be too frequently this year. So I'm out. I, I I had an opportunity in our draft on uh, Saturday, Wes. I had a chance to take Cooper Cup with the seventh overall pick in our in our league. I opted to go with AJ Brown. I I picked AJ Brown over Cooper Cup in our league and felt good, and I feel good because I I just don't want to. I don't want to risk it. I don't I don't know I don't know when he's going to be back. This thing is something that twice in a month has flared up. I don't feel good about it. And so he's not a guy that I'm rushing to grab and, and drafts and be able to take and have for my leagues. It's just not something I am interested in. I heard somebody talking about it and I can't remember who it was, but they were saying there's a reality where maybe he misses the first month and maybe the Rams go zero and four. And if the Rams go zero and four, uh, and Cooper Cup may not be fully healthy and ready to come back, I don't think the Rams are going to risk bringing back Cooper Cup just to try and win some games if they're already 0-4. 
I don't think you I don't think as a team you make up your mind that early on, all right, well, we're on four, so the season's over. I don't think that's the case. But if they're not winning games, I don't think they will rush to bring him back in order to win games. They so did that's this with what Aaron I'm, Donald. Right, exactly. They did last Aaron year. Donald. They did they did this with Cooper Cup last year. Cooper Cup was cleared to come back and play uh around like week thirteen, and they were like, Yeah, there's no reason. Like there's no point. There's no reason to Let's just keep him out. I'm just – the whole thing worries me. And, um, yeah, I am so disappointed that my my guy, my my number one wide receiver is just playing out like this because I was so excited for Cooper Cup to have a comeback year. I thought he was going to win comeback player of the year. I I was really excited for this, and now it is just playing out really poorly. So I'm out on Cooper Cup, and it's a little disappointing. I like how you phrased it last year where football is better when Cooper Cup plays. It's not going to be quite as great this season because it doesn't feel like the Cup's going to play too much. Here on 4th and Troll Fantasy, we're going to say skip Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. They're too risky. Don't draft them. And if you already have them, I'm sorry. Try to trade them ASAP. Okay. Yeah. Let's fly through some of the rest of the NFL news. Then we got some wonderful stuff to get into. Let's talk about Joe Burrow, who is back to practice. He is borderline cleared for week one. Zach Taylor is playing the long game. I think he's just trying to screw his opponent. I don't remember who the Bengals are playing week one, but I think he's just trying to get <laughs> the them to wonder. The Browns, yeah, he's like, are they going to have to play Joe Burrow? It changes all up. All up. He seems fine. He's back to practice. He's considered day-to-day, but Zach Taylor has just not officially said the words. He is ready to play and will start week one. Okay, Brees Hall will not practice much this week. Had a rest day on Monday. Um, He is still in line to play week one, however, next to Dalvin Cook. And Robert Salah said that there won't be a snap count for either running back. Obviously, this is huge because... We're going to need to see just what this kind of committee looks like because they're both great running backs. Who's going to be the top dog? We will pay attention to the snap percentage as well and figure out who is the more likely running back to start if we even feel that you should start any. Of course, you're going to start one of them. Okay. Kadarius Toney will be ready this Thursday to play against the Detroit Lions. That whole punt return situation where he was just like had had surgery. He's good to go. We're going to talk about the Chiefs wide receivers in a little bit in our must starts, risky starts and don't start. So stay tuned for that. The Broncos traded away Albert Aquagbunum, Albert O, their tight end to the Philadelphia Eagles. That makes your hero, Noah, Greg Dulcich, the tight end one in Denver for anyone that wants to rock Russell Wilson's tight end for the season. Speaking of Broncos, Jerry Judy will be not on the IR to start the season. He had a little bit of a setback during this week, but he is questionable, only questionable for week one uh, when we expected him to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury. Keep Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims' names in mind as the likely wide receiver one. A little exclusive here, fourth and troll. Really, Noah was the one to encourage that for me. I'll give you the credit. Dolphins placed their running back, which one? Jeff Wilson on IR, <laughs> leaving more opportunity for Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain to be the RB1. A-Chain is still questionable, though, with a shoulder injury, so it's like that Mostert is going to have the backfield practically to himself for this first week against the Chargers, which Noah and I will be out. Quick shout-out. We're going to be at the game here in L.A. Dolphins are going to win 57-3. to 
worst. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, TJ Hawkinson, hey, he signed a contract extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he's also in line to play for week one. He's had a bit of back stiffness during the uh, past couple of days, but he should be good to go. Real, real quick, have you been fo- have you been following him this camp? This like Have you been following him this story? No. Yeah. So, so me either, except for moments that I get to just rag on him because I'm not a Hawkinson believer this year. Okay. He missed, like, it was like multiple weeks of camp with an ear infection. Yes. And then he recovered from the ear infection and then was still out with some lower back stiffness. And then, I guess, $64 million healed him. Oh. Because now he's just back on the field. All stuff. he pulled so, a Darren Waller? Dude, he 100% <laughs> pulled a Darren Waller. I'm like, I was watching this, I was like, dude. Like the, literally, there were quotes that was like he has an ear infection that's throwing off his equilibrium. I'm like, what are we doing wow. here? Like, what what are we talking? That, is, like, that goes hard, guys. Just say you're in. Co- just say you're in contract talks. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. just, just let it go. That's Gosh. hilarious. Thank you for bringing that to our attention because I enjoy that very much. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patriots decided to waive backup quarterbacks Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, and for a moment, it was only Mac Jones as the quarterback for the New England Patriots, no other quarterback on their roster. They eventually signed yeah. Matt Corral, <laughs> um, which, <laughs> what did dude, you point out, Noah? Some people were like, no, no, dude, some people were like, were like, oh man, they waved Zappy and Malik, this is a way to instill confidence in their starting quarterback, and I'm just like, it's just a way to lose football games. Like yeah. that's just that's just <laughs> that's just a way to do that. Like I don't know. Like uh, Mac Jones, you're our guy. Cool. Zero and seventeen. Nice. Here we go. I thought. Like it's. Just, like, I uh, thought Zappy did fine in camp. I don't know why they would even dude, cut well, him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It might have been so last year. It may have been a bit of a like a confidence thing for Mac Jones because Jones got hurt. Bailey Zappi came in. People were like Gillette stadium. Zappi, chanting, Zappi, it's all Zappi, about Bailey Zappi, Zappi, all this stuff. And then, yeah, yeah especially Jones came back, didn't play well. And they wanted Zappi out there. I, I think that was a, the primetime game against the bears. And then Zappi came out, whatever, all this stuff. So maybe they're just like, Hey, Mac Jones needs to know he's our guy, whatever. Uh, thank goodness they signed Mac Corral because it was like, yeah, cool. You're going to lose every game. Wild. It's Maybe it's both. Anyway, It's a way to instill comments for Mac yeah. Jones and lose a lot of games. So last two pieces mm-hmm. of news here, just some uh, housekeeping stuff. The Ravens actually did release Melvin Gordon when they were doing the roster cuts. So for those that were trying to see if maybe someone would sneak in while J.K. Dobbins has his injury history, uh, don't get Melvin Gordon. And last piece here for defensive news. Von Miller will actually start the season on the pup list for the Buffalo Bills. He's going to miss the first game, first four games of the season because the Bills have a great defense. Just keep that in mind for those that are drafting defense. That's it for the news. Now it's time for our segment. What if? Listen, we gotta, we're going to have a little fun with you guys here because as fantasy experts, analysts, whatever you want to call us, your friends, who knows, whatever. We do our research. We do our research. We quantify as much as we can. We we put together the best information to give you in order for you to have the best chance at winning your fantasy football leagues. And sometimes, like last year, that's information that we give that's like, dude, don't even look at the Seahawks offense. What are we doing here? Because mm. it was going to be Drew Locker, Geno Smith. 
And then just then it just goes wrong. We just things things change and there are surprises every single year. So we are going to give you three what ifs each. We are going to just talk about what if, what if what we think is going to happen doesn't happen or what if we think has no chance of happening does happen doesn't happen whatever all this stuff so i'm gonna go through my three real quick and 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 i'll segue into it real quick because my first what if is just what if baker mayfield pulls a geno smith like like what if like what if we are mm. just we are so low on this buccaneers offense and baker ends up like a like not not listen not QB five but Baker ends up like a borderline QB one like a like a top fourteen top fifteen quarterback and 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 Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both inside the top twenty top twenty four and and what if this hot young running back just ends up being just this great guy who breaks off explosive plays and wins leagues and. What if, like, what if this Bucks team? I'll just put it to that. What if this Bucks team pulls a Seattle Seahawks this year? I, I'm smelling what you're stepping in, my friend. Let me start with the the optimistic side. Okay, what if if that does happen, then we are clear to draft or trade for Chris Godwin, maybe Mike Evans sure. too. Um, Rashad White would be the biggest surprise out of this whole scenario. I have confidence this is not going to happen, though. This I I cannot see this scenario possibly playing out. Cut to me saying this, and there's just a highlight reel of Baker Mayfield throwing 35 yeah. touchdowns. And, this, and then it's just <laughs> yeah. Baker with his daughter in one arm and then the Super Bowl trophy in the other. And it's just... Oh we yeah, did it. we brought another. They one photoshopped Tampa. my just face on his daughter's on daughter. face. Yeah, you're the baby, and yeah. you're, cry- you're cry- I'm just crying. Baker's my and- father. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't see this. I don't see this happening for a couple of reasons. One, Ryan Jensen, their center, is out for the season. I just doubt that in anything for their offense. Um, Baker Mayfield threw 11 interceptions in 11 days in camp, and it was a quarterback battle down to week three of preseason. Sure. I don't have confidence in Baker Mayfield. He might do fine. He might do average. It's a pretty weak division. There are two rookie quarterbacks starting. No, not two. Well, Desmond Ritter is not really a rookie, but there first are two first-time starters, first-time starters in the NFC South. The division is up for grabs. I feel like the Saints are probably going to win that, but I don't see Baker Mayfield doing anything for fantasy. So I, I'm not buying into it. I like uh, maybe Chris Godwin. That's where I will throw. I'll, I'll throw a little treat there for that. I understand it, and I and, and listen. I I don't think this happens either. The one thing, the one component of this that comes to mind before I move on is just Mike Evans and how he has done. I believe it is nine consecutive thousand yard seasons, and we're like, yeah, well, he had Brady the last three years, yeah, but he had like Jameis Winston before that, and like. Like 30 interception, Jameis Winston. That's the I, I'm so I, yeah. I guys, I have so much pain from Mike Evans last year. But there's just a piece of me that's like 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 we were with DK and Lockett. Like, what, what if, if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? Mm. 
it's not a what if I'm willing to be on the other side of I'm still out, but what if we're wrong on Baker Mayfield and the Bucks this year and they pull a Seattle Seahawks of last yeah. year? That's my first what if. And speaking of Seattle Good Seahawks, one. this will transfer me to my next one. What if Zach Charbonnet truly is just the backup? What if? Like, what if all this hatred and anger we have had about why? Why would you do this? You have Kenneth Walker. Why? Why would you do this? What if it really is just like Zach Charbonnet is just going to be the, 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 the Travis Homer to the, the Kenneth Walker's Chris Carson? Like, like, what if, what if that's the case? What if Kenneth Walker, who we're drafting later now because of this draft pick, just comes out and is the the top 10 guy we thought he would be at the end of last year, like coming into this season? What if, what if, Wes, what if? This, this one keeps me up at night. I'm I know, dude, lie. me too. <laughs> this this is such a good what if because as soon okay, 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 as soon as last season ended, I just jotted down some names that I want to forget. I don't want to forget how good they were because I don't know how high their ADP is going to be, and I want to remember that these are the players I want to lock in on and remember as bona fide stars. Kenneth Walker was the first name I wrote down, and I was already set he's going to be a lock for top five i was i was confident in him and then this happened they draft zach charbonnet and it pissed us off so bad and and people responded as well and he fell to the he's fallen to the fourth round but dude what if he is just the rb1 and zach charbonnet is a backup this is a crazy what if because people are going to get two top five running backs on their team if they draft someone before him. I don't know. I, I don't a, know I, what the what if is. I have a bold prediction. <sighs> I don't. Uh, it, they, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks play the Los Angeles Rams in week one. In Seattle, I believe. I believe it is in Seattle. Okay. Mark my words. Kenneth Walker the third will be a top five running back in week one. I just, it's going to blow our minds. We're all going to go, we're so stupid. Of course he is. And here's the thing. Oh my God. Zach Charbonnet had like a groin tweak or something like that. Like, he, like he's, he's dealing with a little injury. He's practicing through it, stuff like that, whatever. I don't know that they roll out this like, this rookie in full force week one, dude, Kenneth Walker's going to come out and, and piss off so many people week one. Cause we're all going to be like, why, why did you guys do this to us? Why did we Gosh. think? And guess what? Maybe sell high, maybe just sell Kenneth Walker the third right then and there. Because <laughs> this one if won't happen, but Go for get some dummy, yeah, for some dummy who drafted like Aaron Jones or something like that, be like, Hey, Kenneth Walker the third, Told you he's back. He, there he is, baby. And just yeah, and then you'll get B. John Robinson. <sighs> That's something to look what forward if? to for our our next next week from today, next yeah. Tuesday's episode. What trying to figure out our first mark Zach my Charbonnet words. Truly is just the backup. We'll have How to see. can you do better than that? You've got one more what if. How is there something better more. than this? I got one more. And I think it's a what if that a lot of people are thinking about. It's got a lot of implications. 
what if Sean Payton fixes Russell Wilson? What if? What if the high-poweredness of the Seattle Seahawks offense that we would see with Russell Wilson just transfers over? Sean Payton fixes him. We get a little touch of Drew Brees-era success of the Saints in this Broncos offense now mixed with Russell Wilson's prime in Seattle. What if Sean Payton fixes Russell Wilson? I'll tell you what if. This offense is going to have many, many top 10 to top 20 fantasy weapons on its team. Javante Williams is going to be a top 20 guy, maybe top 10. Samaj P. Ryan will definitely be a top 20 guy. Greg Dulcich, probably going to be a top 15 guy. Cortland Sutton, if Jerry Judy comes back, maybe those two guys both end up in the top 20. If Sean Payton fixes Russell Wilson with how good that Broncos defense is, this Denver team really could challenge the AFC West. And and really, that division might end up being one of the best divisions in the league. What if Sean Payton fixes Russell Wilson? There is no more for me to comment on because I think that can happen. I think yeah. I think that will. I think that will happen. And I do think that we have so undervalued Cortland Sutton because of what happened last year. I had Cortland Sutton in my top five last year because yeah, Russell Wilson showed up to Denver and I was like, he's the man. I'm pumped for him. We're all we've all been waiting as Broncos fans to see Sutton break out. And that did not happen. I'm not saying top five, I'm not saying top ten. I'm not even sure if I'm saying top fifteen, but I do think there's a chance that just as you said, we're going to have four top 20 players from Denver because Sean yep. Payton's going to do it. The person I'm most excited about because of this scenario is Javante Williams. That's who mm-hmm. I'm actually most excited about. I think Russell Wilson, well, we saw week one, week two, Russell targeted Javante like crazy. It was like 10 yeah. or 11 targets in week he had one. Like 11 Seattle. targets in week one. Yeah. It's amazing. So. I think that is the what if we're going to live in. That is the alternate dimension we're going to probably see. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to see. Wes, run me down. Run me down. Run me down. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Next question. (laughs) Next one. Yeah. Run me through your what ifs before we jump into a Thursday night football preview. (sighs) Okay. Got three of them. And I've got them ranked number three. He was kicked out of his team because the coach didn't like him. In fact, before he was even traded, they drafted his replacement. Now, this running back is a new home. We've all been hoping that he has a breakout season. What if DeAndre Swift meets his potential in Philadelphia? No shot, dude. No way. <laughs> what? No shot. No way. No shot. Here's the thing. I, I, and I'm not a DeAndre Swift hater. I, I so badly wanted to see him just do so well in Detroit, as did many people. We all were like, come on, Swift is going to, it's this, this is the year for Swift. This is the year for Swift. It just didn't happen. There's too many cooks in that running back room kitchen for me to be comfortable with. The reports I'm hearing are that it's going to be a committee, but Kenneth Gainwell will be one of the guys that is heavily involved in the early down rolls. So maybe DeAndre Swift becomes a third down back, maybe a scat back. 
The Eagles and Jalen Hurts don't throw the ball to the running back enough for me to buy in on this one if. I if they did if DeAndre Swift went to let's see, who's a team that needed needed a running back? Uh if DeAndre listen, the if Dolphins. DeAndre Swift the Dodger, if DeAndre <laughs> Swift got traded to the Browns, if he was if he replaced Kareem Hunt, if he was the third down back there instead of and, and Nick Chubb played the early down work and DeAndre Swift, man, I'm now talking myself into why didn't the Browns make that trade? Because yeah, that I'm starting like a fantastic to, trade they should have done. I don't can know we why do they didn't that do in that. Madden and see what that's yeah, like. Can, that we make, can we make that happen? If that happened, DeAndre Swift probably would be inside my top twenty, maybe my top fifteen, because of how Kareem Hunt was used in that offense and. Kareem Hunt, once upon a time, was very, very good and still did very solid when he was towards the end of his time in Cleveland. But DeAndre Swift is, is, a, is a freak of nature when it comes to being a third down back, a scat back, a receiving back. I just don't see it happening in Philly. And so for that reason, that's why I feel like I'm in Shark Tank. For that reason, <laughs> I'm out. Well, well done. Uh, I'll just throw in that I, I have been seeing through training camp that they're they are trying to create plays intentionally designed to throw the ball to DeAndre Swift. So I know the PPR potential right. is there. I've seen that as well, yeah. It's don't there. know, but I don't know if if his full potential is, is met. I don't know if this is the 33rd pick overall DeAndre Swift that the Lions took. All right. right. That's my number three. Number two, for most of this offseason, you and I have been saying that if there was one team that we're going to keep away from, it's going to be anyone – with a letter G on the side of their helmet. But they don't look terrible anymore. What if we're wrong about the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Jones is a top 10 running back again? Okay, so here's the reality I see where this happens. And it's playing out right now because the early favorite, the early buzz was Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs are just having this connection. They are Mm -hmm. – Romeo Dobbs seems to be his favorite target. Romeo Dobbs was my favorite round 15 target in my mock draft. He was my favorite second to last round pick. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, so I'm not feeling great right now about that. And I actually passed on him and picked up Marvin Mims instead in that 15th round. But – there's a reality here where Jordan Love just absolutely just doesn't skip a beat and continues to feed this PPR production to Aaron Jones. It is it could happen. There are reports that AJ Dillon will take over the rushing work. That's fine. I think Aaron Jones could still end up as a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, to be completely honest, because that is how he essentially was being used when Aaron Rodgers was there. LaFleur is a smart coach. I It just really depends on Jordan Love for me. It depends on Jordan Love. I mean, it's not hard to maybe check down and get the running back the ball to get some guys having a, a, a an easy, you know, a little shortened out route, stuff like that. But... <sighs> I am so up in the air on this, and I and I mm. really don't know because I I, I was very tempted uh, because I really don't like um, a lot of the quarterbacks outside like the top eight or nine or so. Usually, I was very tempted to just in our draft this weekend just send it and just 
all right, let's just see what Jordan Love does. Let's see. Let's just wait till round 14 and just load up on other depth and talent. It's a very strong what if, and we need to really take it into consideration because if it pans out, the Packers could just not miss a beat and just still challenge for the division. Must be nice to be a Packers fan if that's the case. He's just just rolling down with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, yeah. always making playoffs. Look, I I'm willing to be wrong about it. I, I'm still not drafting Aaron Jones, but if some if someone beats me in the championship with Aaron Jones as their RB one, you've earned it. Good for you. You took the shot. Yeah. You did it. I'm not taking the shot because I have. It's so foggy. It's such a cloudy it is. question. It's very foggy. What if yeah. Aaron Jones is as great as he used to be? Okay, last one. For me, this is the biggest what if of the entire NFL season. Everyone should ask themselves this question at least once. Because they're probably the most hyped team in the NFL. They're Super Bowl favorites by a lot of people. Seems like everything is set up for them to succeed. Which also means that they could also be set up for a massive, massive disappointment. What if Aaron Jones and the New York Jets are just really bad? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers, thank you. What if Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets are just really bad? If, if Aaron Jones played quarterback for the New York Jets, they are going to be really be bad. Crazy. If Aaron Rodgers, what if Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets are just bad? No way they're going to be bad, dude, right? There's no way. I mean, there, there's no way. I just, I, I could just be the, the hard knocks viewer in me wa- talking right now, but dude, I'm just, I got into hard knocks later this season and I've just been binging it until, and I'm, I'm all caught up. Dude, this team just looks so good. The culture they're building is looks so good. Rodgers is being such a leader. And yet they mm-hmm. could, this all sounds all too familiar. Because we did it last year with Denver, and Just they were happened, so bad. Man. What if there's a Nathaniel Hackett curse? What if that's what if that's it? What if that's the case? <laughs> I don't know. I, what if I will it's be just so the shocked. Jets? I will be so shocked if they end up being bad. Here's the thing: they could still be third in the division and not be bad. They could be third in the division and win right. eleven games and still be third in the division. And we wouldn't count it as bad, even though they're third in the division. I cannot see it happening for them to have a bad season. Mm. I think Rodgers is just coming out there with his swag. I think he's got them feeling good. I think the defense is going to be so good. It's a tough division, but I do not think the Jets can be bad this year. I guess it's a subjective question for what you consider bad, but I cannot see the Jets being bad this year. It, uh, it hasn't swayed me yet from drafting or at least wanting to draft Garrett Wilson, but it's such, I mean, it's almost too good to be true, right? It's the way that Brady walked into Tampa Bay and was like, oh, come on, Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, let's go win a Super Bowl together. Ha ha, easy, first try, let's do it yeah. again. And then <laughs> Russell Wilson was like, I like what they did. Hey, everybody, what's going on in Denver? Oh, my God, the coach is fired and I am hated. <laughs> One of those, one of those will happen. I'm excited. One of those two outcomes. It's that Monday night, outcomes. right? Against the Bills? Monday night, yeah. Monday, Monday night football against the Bills in in Buffalo, I believe. In Buff. I, the Buff. I'm, I may be wrong on that, but I believe it is in Buffalo. Some juicy what-ifs. 
And oh, yeah. uh, let us know what you think. Go to the comments below. Let us know what you think. What's the wildest what if we've talked about? Which one do you agree with? Let us know. Before we close out the show, let's do a quick uh, let's do a quick Thursday Night Football preview, Wes, because we are back with some must starts, risky starts, and don't starts. Wes, take it away. But I'm I have a feeling we're gonna be we're gonna be chatting it up together here for a decent amount of this. We sure will. Let's talk about the Lions at the Chiefs. Our must-start, let's just preface with this. Obviously, we're going to avoid talking about the must-starts of like Mahomes and Kelsey and Amon Ross St. Brown. So who is really the must-start that you have any kind of question on that should be in your starting lineup? It's going to be Jameer Gibbs, their rookie running back. And Noah and I, look, we're going to do a fourth and troll double down on this thing, baby, because... Obviously, you should start Jameer Gibbs. You shouldn't worry about yeah. a rookie going against the Super Bowl champions. Now, if there was any concern, let's just kind of run through a couple of things here. Everything that we know about Jameer Gibbs is that he is worthy of that first-round pick. We know how Dan Campbell reacted when they drafted him. What we're seeing out of camp is that he's a patient runner already. He is great in the space, in the open field. Great yak work as well. He's being used in the red zone in scrimmages and in red zone drills. He is going to be involved heavily. I'm not even worried about David Montgomery vulturing any touchdowns for him. Montgomery might vulture touchdown for him. That doesn't change that I want to start him and that Gibbs is still going to probably put up 15 plus points. It's going to be great. Quick reminder of what he did in Alabama last year in the receiving game, 44 catches, 444 yards. That's 10.1 yard per catch and three receiving touchdowns. Just transfer that over. We're going to see that right away in week one this Thursday. And you want a little extra boost, a cherry on top, a Kansas City red cherry on top. Chris Jones is holding out. So there's the best piece on their defense, not even there in the front line. I'm super excited for Jameer Gibbs. How about you, man? Yeah, no no notes really to say. I mean, it is just Gibbs is going to be plugged into this offense right away. The most beautiful thing I saw after their first preseason game was Jameer Gibbs not being on the football field because they went, yeah, no, we're uh-huh. good. We, we saw you get some action. We saw you be out there. You're good. You know, we, we saw people like, uh, you know, we, we see people play in the preseason that are still, you know, Khalil Herbert played in a couple of preseason games and he had a couple drives. We saw, you know, DeAndre Swift play in the preseason games. We saw uh, Rashad Penny, stuff like that. Like guys like that who have been in the league for a little bit, who have shown that they're good, stuff like that. They played multiple games. Jameer Gibbs gets like a couple drives, and then they're like, no, we're good. Like we're, we're, We know what we're doing with you. We're, we're happy with you. We're, we're good to go. Jameer Gibbs, plug him in. No no doubt about it. You drafted him to play. So it's not – you drafted him in probably the third or fourth round. So you're not going to wait on your third or fourth round pick. So – Jameer Gibbs is a must start. He is going to be that guy. And like Wes just said, Chris Jones is holding out. So he's going to have some good opportunities here. He's going to get some good work. And uh, with pretty much just a Monroe St. Brown and maybe another little risky start a little later, uh, pretty much Jameer Gibbs is going to be potentially second in line for targets, maybe maybe third. But in a game against Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to be high scoring. They're going to need to score, the, score points to win the game because they want to win football games. Mm. They're going to go to Jameer Gibbs there. They're going to get involved. So Jameer Gibbs is a must observation. Start. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to win the game, <laughs> you score, score points to win the you game. You score more points than the other team. Yeah. Here's a turducking. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there you go. Um, Wes, who is 
a little risky and uh and somebody that you know maybe is worth worth a shot somebody that you're thinking about and uh maybe it comes into game time and you're gonna make your decision but let me know who it is i teased them last episode if you watched if you haven't watched last episode go for it go check it out youtube my risky start is going to be rookie tight end for the Lions, sam laporta good risk a good risk okay Rookie tight ends, as we learned, I learned on air with Noah as I was doing our first blush reactions to rookie tight ends. With I was like, Dalton Kincaid's the next Cooper Cup, and Michael Mayer's the next Gronkowski. He's like, you are dumb. Uh, Rookie tight ends do do terrible in fantasy. Okay, so I recognize that, but Sam Laporta may actually be great already. He established himself very, very, very quickly as one of Goff's go-to targets in camp in this offseason. He is practically almost exclusively throwing to Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. He is used heavily in the red zone as well. This is quintessential tight end fantasy juice that you want for someone that you don't even know if you're going to see much of in this season. He's what? 13th, 14th round, he's such an easy pick, but is he worth starting? He's a risk. I say absolutely. I'm starting him in our league that we just drafted. And for a little bit of confidence, mark my words, this rookie's going to score a touchdown in his very first game. Dude! No way! I literally was I literally was gonna mark my words on you your serious? risky start. I'm not even kidding you. You're as you're talking, I'm going. Dude's got to get in the end zone. Like, dude has to get in the end zone. Like, he's going like <laughs> it, with the yes. amount of weapons that they don't have. Like, dude is going to find the end zone, guys. I, I echo it completely, and I think he's a great risky start. Think about T.J. Hawkinson. Think about TJ Hawkinson on this team, how involved he was, how much of a trusty target he was for Jared Goff and for the system. Dan Campbell is a man's man. Dan Campbell played tight end. Dan Campbell draws up plays for the tight end. Sam Laporte is finding the end zone. I don't know if we can double down or mark my words, but I'm doubling down. Fourth and trout. Fourth and fourth and trout. Fourth and troll. Double down. Mark my words. Just the insert like the the clip of like the crusty crab when it's on fire and everyone losing their mind. All this stuff. We are about Sam Laporta. That's amazing. All right, all right, all right. Your risky start this Thursday. Who's it going to be? Yeah, it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco, obviously running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, we watched Pacheco over a 10-game stretch to close the season. I'm including the playoffs because that shows his production, but it shows what he did then. I'm not using his ranks, or I'm not going to be like, he was on average the RB7. I'm not going to be like that because there's obviously in the Super Bowl, there's like three running backs playing, so it's easy to be the RB1 in the Super Bowl (laughs) as far as fantasy goes. Over his last 10-game stretch, including the postseason, he averaged 12.5 points a game. Like, So we see the opportunity here. He's a decent flex play, and that's where you drafted him if you have him. If you're feeling like you're – maybe you drafted Alvin Kamara and you you don't have him for the first couple weeks. Maybe you need to fill in the spot there, something like that. I think Isaiah Pacheco could be a decent option because – 
while he did average, you know, about 12 and a half points per game over that last 10 games he played, the Lions run defense sucks. The Lions run defense is really bad. We saw so many people just go off against them at the beginning of the year last year, first half of the year. They got a little better at the second half of the year, but I think they're going to be a little worried about a guy named Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I think there could be some lanes opened up here for Mm -hmm. Isaiah Pacheco to potentially get into the end zone. Listen, if he finishes the game with 12 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown, I won't be surprised at all. I think that's definitely a startable flex play for you. He's a risky start for me. How do you feel, Wes? I just for clarity, so it's it's said audibly. This is a good risk. Yes, good yes, risk. Is it, okay. I, I believe this is a good risk. If you okay. if you're in a situation where you're weighing out your options, I think he can get you 13 points, and that's a that's I think that's a solid flex play. I also want to. So I like it. Um, it's it's a little too risky with my current teams to consider sure. him as a flex, but let's say that you're someone that drafted Jonathan Taylor and you just held out because you're like, you know what? I'm going to go get uh, DeAndre Swift because, you know, why not? I don't need another running back. And then all this happens. People that draft earlier, uh, like during preseason, stuff like that. If you're in a situation as such, this is an opportunity to try to consider Isaiah Pacheco to start this Thursday. Don't forget the PPR game because that's what the running backs do in Kansas City. Think of Jarek McKinnon, who is still on the team. He re-signed. I expect McKinnon to also see some good PPR work. All the running backs are going to be involved. But Pacheco nearly had a 1,000 yards rushing. And he was like the seventh round pick in the NFL draft and won yeah. a Super Bowl with the Chiefs and was did well and he's fast and he is at he is he wears the number 10 well for Kansas City because he's got that speed that Tyreek Hill had as well I don't hate it I think Pacheco has an opportunity to be a decent starting running back in the NFL for a football team that you can throw in as a flex option for great bye week fill-ins and injuries and stuff yeah Pacheco this week outside of Aiden Hutchinson yeah, the Lions don't have a lot right now. Was it Jeff Okuda and... Uh, I think Okuda's on, like, the Falcons. I think oh, Okuda have, left. They've, it, they have CJ... Yeah, there's not... Right, CJ Garner-Johnson. Garner-Johnson. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's who it is. But it, he's out anyway. There's a lot going on. It's just we're, a lot of moving parts on the Lions defense. That's Pacheco, a little bit of a risky start, but one that I feel okay if I were to have him on my team and I needed him in this situation. I would roll him out there. Let's talk about somebody or some people that were not starting West. And, and this one's pretty easy. We're just don't guys, just don't touch the Kansas city receivers. Don't take week one to be like, here's my shot. Here's where I'm calling my <laughs> shot. It's sky Moore. It's Justin Watson. It's Marquez Valdez Scantling. Listen, let's get real. Canary's Tony won't make it through the game healthy, so he's like, <coughs> don't even think about him in your lineup. That's not Boom, happen. roasted. Also, I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel terrible if that actually happens. I'm I'm very much joking. Not wishing this, this not asking for this. I'm very sorry, <laughs> very sorry, Canaries. Anyways, listen, th- th- there's no one worth taking the shot on a week one. Could somebody emerge as the top wide receiver on this team on a consistent basis? Yes, somebody could. Not worth taking the shot on right now. Don't don't call your shot. Don't make it happen. Patrick Holmes threw touchdowns to 11 different pass catchers last year. 
don't think about it. Just don't like, it's not worth your time. It's not worth the energy of trying to figure out who it is. I'm saying don't start Kansas City receivers. Wes, you with me? Fourth and troll double down. Don't start the Chiefs wide receivers. It's, it's not, don't be clever. Don't be cute. Don't try to uh, take advantage of the situation and be like, watch me surprise the in the matchup and, and beat my opponent. No, start the obvious players on your team, and it, it's obviously not any Chiefs wide receivers. Just a reminder, as Noah said, 11 different pass catchers scored a touchdown for Patrick Mahomes last year. Mahomes set the NFL record for most all-purpose yards in a season. And the best wide receiver on the team was Juju Smith-Schuster, who was wide receiver 27 in PPR. Yeah. Don't start any Chiefs wide receivers. Any case it needs to be said, Travis Kelsey is the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah. So it, it's it's not if, like if you're look not up for to number date one with the Chiefs offense. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's good. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's good. He's the guy. Nothing else to add. Just don't be cute. Don't be clever. Don't start a Chiefs wide receiver. Yeah, that's it. Listen, we are here. The next time we will talk to you guys, we will have seen an NFL football game. I I, there are no words to describe how excited I am, but it's going to be a great time. We got another episode coming at you on Friday, double episodes starting this week. It's going to be a fun time. Let us know. Are you are you willing to take the risky start on Isaiah Pacheco or Sam Laporta? Like I said already, drop your drop your what ifs, your own what ifs in the comments here below. Let us know what you think. Make Tuddy the Troll smile by hitting that subscribe button and ringing the bell. Be sure to check us out on all our social medias and join us on Friday for our Thursday night football recap and our studs and duds for week one of the NFL season. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Fourth and Troll Fantasy is a production of Selby Artistic Workshop.